look at that. That is such a professional transition. Uh, welcome to Swapping Joysticks. Today is the 25th of August, 2022. I'm your host, Biggest Benis. Oh, do I get introduced? You, you have to do introduce, I get introduce myself. You do. You can big yourself up as much as you want. Oh, well, I'm Ed Knights. You know who I am. Wow. There you go. Look at that. He's, he's got a verified <laughs> tick on Twitter. He doesn't even need to explain who he is. You know, you know what he is and who he is and how he is. <laughs> how are you, though? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, I was very much enjoying watching um, Selling the OC whilst having dinner before this. Were you? Oh, is that why you look like you've, you know, consumed shit? What is that meant to mean? You look like somebody who's, you know, you know, you look, you look like a kind of a little, you know, a happy puppy that's kind of just, eh, you know, that consumes some mindless entertainment. I mean, yeah, it's shit, it's mindless, it's utter trash, but I will continue to watch it because it's amazing. Have they sold the OC? Because, I mean, it was a, I quite liked it. I enjoyed watching the OC back in the day. Have they sold it? No. Is it about selling it to a new network that'll bring about a revival so we can all see that guy with the really dyed black hair? No, it's selling the actual OC, the Orange County. Isn't that the Trump part of California? Don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are a bunch of pricks on the show anyway, so maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe anybody that lives in the US can tell us whether that is or not. But yeah, that's... Um, but more importantly than some kind of airhead reality show... How dare you? <laughs> you turned from a twaddy to an actual daddy in the last two weeks that we've since we last had a podcast. I was about to ask what's a twaddy, but also don't answer that. You can um, guess. Yeah, I can, sadly. Um, yeah, no, I got old. Sad times. Yeah. How how was your birthday? Did you have a good birthday week? Fucking awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it was, it was very nice, thank you. Uh, we had a very nice meal. Um, and you bought me some very thoughtful gifts. Oh. Do you want to say it? Tell you what you got. What? Yeah, because you got a. I got you a video game. What do you, you buy did. the man who has everything in relation to video games? More video games. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, but no, well, you didn't buy me, you know, an expensive PS5 wow. game. It was expensive. Um, it was <laughs> vintage. So. Well, no, that's what I mean. You didn't buy me something like brand new that I could just get a code for. Um, oh. You, you, you know, went to thoughtful levels of buying me something that I didn't already have in my collection um, that is vintage uh, and very thoughtful and very kind and I'm pretty sure I can't actually play it but I'm very glad to have it in my collection That's and good. that is Sonic the Hedgehog 3 on the Mega Drive because as a kid I had Sonic 1, Sonic 2 and then Sonic and Knuckles but I never had Sonic 3 and now despite the fact I also own it in other collections. I now own an original version of it on the Mega Drive. You do? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily about like a video game thoughtfulness. It was more of, I see your eye twitch every time you look over there because there's a collection with one thing missing. And if there's something that would really bug Ed, it's having a series of things, but something missing. Yes. I well, the... At least now they're in the correct order as well. I remember the first time I went over to your house and I noticed that two of the 
games were the other way around. You like to have all of your games in alphabetical order, don't you? Yes, because then you can find them easily. You've only got like three games of like PS5 and I don't just, okay, but okay, I've got three PS5 games. I have quite a lot of other games on other consoles that I've collected over my my long 35 years on this earth. But I, I did notice that yeah, two games were the other way were like were not the right way around. And I was like, is that supposed to be that way around? And you were very angry when you found out. <laughs> so I was like, well, if that's how much he get how angry he gets when the Certain games that are put split into categories, you know, I mean, I'll just mix up the Switch games, PlayStation games, you know, back to front, everything, you know, the, no, the CDs are all in the wrong cases, put two in one case, that's the best. What? Do you keep no. The... <laughs> no, if you take one out, then you keep it in that case and you put it back in that specific case, you do not mix them up. Oh, but that's, uh, that's fun. I mean, we're moving in together in uh, just over a month. And you're just going to have to get used to my way of uh, disorder, Ed. No, you're moving into my flat, so you will do things my way. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, that'll be a fun uh, experience. <laughs> yes. Um, but I also got... Uh, yeah, this is definitely the look of regret, Torn. Um, I also received another gift, which was a homemade gift um, by yours truly, which was a lovely birthday cake. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> what was that? Oh, yeah. The birthday cake. Did you enjoy the birthday cake? I did. It's still got a bit left in the fridge. But yeah. I did it. it was a bit manky <laughs> when I left it at the weekend, Ed, and it's now Thursday. So I had I... some yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it... I mean, it's, you know, when like it sort of sweats a bit because of the sugar. <laughs> You're eating my sweaty cake. But, oh, I mean, that sounds I, wrong. But I, still, I still ate it. It's nice. Get your chops around my sweaty cake. <laughs> Anytime. It was, I mean, it was all right. I, it wasn't my best. It was a little bit too overcooked. I'm, I'm still very impressed with your piping. Oh, oh yeah. No, I can, I can give a good piping. Yeah, I can be very careful. Very, very neatly. I can be very careful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, that was on stream on your stream ed underscore nights on twitch it was and we had a great time and i somehow managed to make it work so we can kind of um yeah stream from the phone and then broadcast it through obs on your computer and i'm st i've still no idea how i did it but it worked and yes i am a genius but that's and great also yeah. also you and Moni put together um with the community put together a very nice kudo board which I went through and I then, because I'm not very good at sort of taking compliments and positivity. So I then went the other day and read through it all again on my own and Aww. was very, very touched by um, a lot of the messages. So I will say again, thank you all very much for your messages. Um, it genuinely really means a lot. And it was very, very kind of you all. Oh, what about Miriam's message? Miriam's message was was something. <laughs> yeah, so um, we got Moni and I clubbed together and got you a cameo from Miriam Margulies, aka, I mean, she's played Professor Sprout, I think, in the Harry Potter movies. She's mm -hmm. been in loads of programs, loads of TV programs. She's done lots of lots of theatre. Anything else? 
Um, I mean, a lot of stuff over here. She sent that fucking hell meme as well. Oh, yeah. Um, also, the um, <laughs> she was on... Uh, she didn't call the midwife as well for quite a few seasons. Okay. Mm. She's also on This Morning quite a lot, and she always swears, and she's not meant to because it's a, it's a morning daytime program. Yeah, and she's quite famous. She's, like, she's reached levels of fame for being on Graham Norton and coming out with the... Uh, my favorite quote ever, uh, which was, she met Laurence Olivia and she was so excited that she creamed her knickers. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, it's, I think he's a bit old now, if he's not dead. Is he dead? Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, so important. It was It was so important, that message. Um, some excellent advice in there. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Also, um, some news is that I'm on for the very final time in my life, but also I'm on it right now because I'm going to undo it. Uh, I am on the emergency phone. So if you hear an annoying noise in the background and me going quiet, you know exactly uh, what's happening. So I've got to now turn off the call forwarding. Uh, Disable. There we go. So I could get called at any point. Lovely. I resent this part of the job. I absolutely resent it. But I'm not one well, to complain. Last time. It is the last time, but also I'm very angry that I even have to. And like yesterday, a couple of people called and neither of them were emergencies. But I didn't real I didn't really like think about it until afterwards because I was quite nice and pleasant and all that. And then um put the phone down and I was like, wait a minute, that wasn't an emergency. I should have been like rude to them. Well, not rude. I should have been very forceful and said, you know, no, <laughs> uh, this is not an emergency. Call back tomorrow. This is not a help desk. Bye. What you do is the pepper Pig. But then they call Hang back. Up. Yeah. Well, no, somebody's like, oh, these two people that uh, are staying at mine and they're not home yet and I want to go to bed. Uh, they've told me that they're on the way. Cool, what do you want me to do? Oh, can you call them and tell them off? No. This is not... That's not an emergency. Fuck off. Anyway, yeah. Not that I want to complain. No. So, um, Ed... But aside from your job, we're here to talk about gaming. We ben. are here to talk about all the video games. But first... Before first. video games... Oh. You... I was back... We were talking about your birthday week, and your birthday week started on a farm. Oh, it did. Yes. I, I went to a farm in London uh, called Mudshoot Farm, which is a city farm, um, which was called Mogshoot Farm for the week, as there was a live stream to celebrate the Island Sanctuary farming mode that has come to Final Fantasy XIV. Um, so I got to look at some cute, cute animals. Yeah, and did you get to touch any of them? Um, I touched a goat. Oh, I did touch it. Was that the one with the massive bollocks? No. That was a sheep, not a goat. Oh. Um, that was all the male sheep that were put into a specific pen um, because it was mating season. And no shit, it was mating season because they were all getting really pent up with massive balls literally swinging on the ground as if these are sheep with six legs. <laughs> um, like, And they were literally sniffing around each other's asses. And I'm like, look, when you take away all the female sheep, all the male sheep get really horny for each other. Yeah. Who would have thought? <clears throat> exactly. Who, you know, sexuality is not fluid. Oh, it is fluid, sorry. It is fluid, indeed. Um, 
so how did you touch the goat? Did it just come up to you and you touched it, or did you get to like get in there, get in the pen, have a bit so, of goat time? No, I didn't. I didn't. Well, um, <laughs> sadly not. Um, no. That, so if anyone who saw the stream, there was uh, one camera that was on a pen of goats with some donkeys in the background, and uh, right next to the pen is sort of the walkway. So all the goats would just run out and put the heads out, give them a little a little stroke. Oh, you're kidding. Um, You just went there. Uh, um, and there was another one, uh, another camera that was in a chicken pen. And there was a male chicken that everyone has called Xenos. The cock. The cock. There is a cock called Xenos. Yeah, that's the one that's like really famous and made and kind of, yeah, everybody was obsessing over that in their wait for patch 6.2 uh, of Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, cool. Indeed. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Did you get rained on? Was it muddy? No, actually. It was it, very vaguely spitting, but... Uh, Otherwise, no, it was pretty dry. It wasn't muddy. Okay. Um, we went to the pub afterwards. That was nice. Oh, get anything nice? Um, Apart from a cold? <laughs> uh, no, I think the cold was cold play. Um, uh, I, uh, no, I just had a, had a nice cider and a, and a chicken burger. Oh, very good. Did you enjoy the uh, cold play gig as well? I did. I did. You had such I, a birthday I week. I was surprised. Cold play. Know, just things. A farm. What did you get on Wednesday? You had something on cold Wednesday. Play. Oh, well, yeah, Coldplay was the Wednesday, that's right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good week, but you have also been playing video games. You've even reviewed a video game. Ed, what have you been playing this week? I did. Um, what have I been playing? So, I joked earlier about Final Fantasy XII. Um, I am still playing Final Fantasy XII. We talked about that last time, uh, which was two weeks ago now. Um, but I'm still playing it. Um, still very much enjoying it. I think part of the reason I'm still playing it is because I'm I'm playing Zodiac Age on PS Plus. I'm basically playing it all in double speed because um, there's this this speed up option, and that's just kind of making it mindless, but in a really good way because you don't really have to think. Everything happens really quickly. You don't have to worry about getting lost or or battles or anything. It's just everything is super quick. But because of that, I feel far more inclined than i ever have done to actually go and do all the side content because i know that i can just whack through it really quickly um so i'm doing all the hunts and i'm aiming to get all the weapons and level up all my characters to max and stuff like that so i'm very much taking my time with it even though i'm playing it at double speed if that makes any kind of sense yeah um how many hours so in are you literally about 25 but i'm kind of getting towards the end i've done loads of extra side content because it's just whacking through it super quickly so I am very much enjoying that. One of the things I really like about Final Fantasy games is that, you know, you feel like a, an absolutely epic story and you it takes you ages to get from one place to another and it's just like it is drawn out and you do have to grind to get to the next part. And that, for me, kind of adds to the story and makes it feel longer and more, and more epic. Does it feel less like that with you double speeding? A little bit, but also... For anyone who's played Final Fantasy XII, you'll know that the dungeon areas between are basically these annoying labyrinths that look really similar and are quite difficult to navigate. Um, and when you're just sort of trudging through them really slowly, it just feels really laborious and it really breaks the pacing of the game. So to be able to speed through those bits at double time means that now you just get to the story points a lot a lot quicker, which is nice. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that the battle system is very hands-off without going too far into it because we talked about it last time, but it's very, basically very hands-off and you you script 
the AI of your characters beforehand so that you don't have to bother with the minutiae of selecting attacks and things in a menu. Your characters just do everything in, in battle for you. And so to be able to do that at double speed, again, means it's just you don't have to think about it. Um, you've done all the thought beforehand in the menu in setting up all the gambits and setting up your character's abilities. And so then just getting through battles, you just get through them quickly, which is really nice. Hmm. So she says, room, room, someone else likes speeding through things on this cast. <laughs> I don't know, some games I just, I don't, I only want to, I'm trying to think of like games I enjoy whizzing through as fast as I can. Um, I mean, there's a game I'm going to be talking about in a little bit that I've been speeding through as fast as I can. Unfortunately, not as quickly as I should. Um, in fact, I'll go into that now before we go on to your special one. But I played, uh, I've been playing a bit of F1 Manager 2022, which is out uh, for pre-orders today. And it's out on the 30th for everybody else. And it feels like just a perfect match for me. You know, it's a management game. I do love a management game. Um, and it's also a mix of Formula One. Now, when it comes to management games, I do tend to prefer things that are more like a creative management, like a park management. But, I mean, the very first game I ever bought on Steam was Football Manager. In fact, I can just, let me just bring up Steam. Yeah, the very first Football Manager I got was Football Manager 2009. And I've got right, bro. 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 17. Um, and I haven't got one since then. I think it then was on Game Pass. So I've just played it on there. I've even got it on mobile. I do love those kind of management games. And it is really exciting. Like, I did not expect it like to get into it as much as possible because I did a sponsored stream yesterday and I thought, okay, this is going to be dry. <laughs> but actually it was really exciting. And did you see the end of my second race? Because we did two races on stream. I did see that clip, yes, which is quite amusing. I mean, what I've seen of the game so far seems to be a lot of sort of spreadsheets and numbers of tinkering with strategies. And I can imagine that that's something that you could get really sucked into as a fan, but it. What I'm interested in is, can they actually replicate like the excitement of of an actual F1 race in the process of that? Mm. The first race was me just going like <laughs> for most of it, because I. So when you go in, I decided to sack. So I went and managed Ricciardo, and Ricciardo is getting kicked out of the McLaren team at the end of this season. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start it by booting him out and replacing him with the person who's probably going to replace him. It cost me $10 million to get rid of him, but I was like, you know what? I'll I'll make up for it, you know, in the end. It cost you to get rid of someone? Yeah, I guess you had to cancel their contract. Oh. Um, but yeah, so he got booted out. So I had Norris and Piastri, who is uh, probably going to be uh, in that team. There's all sorts of drama. Go and check it out if you're interested in it. But anyway, yeah, so I got the yeah, Norris and Piastri, got them going, and... Yeah, we didn't do too well. I was really like pushing them and pushing them to their limits and they both spun a couple of times. But it's good because like you you there is the chance there that they will spin so you can like tell them to push and you manage the tires, you manage the fuel and you manage their pit stops and their ERS, which is their little kind of button that they get to use to like, give them a bit of an extra push. It's got some electricity. Some it's energy energy Something, something. It's when they go push, 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 push. Push, push, yeah. It's, oh, what is it? I even, I was saying it yesterday. It's like energy recovery, energy recovery system. That's it. So they recover it from like breaking and then they can use it to get a little bit of a push. Anyway, so yeah, I was getting, you kind of manage that during the race. But it does, because they're driving it, 
it's quite interesting because you're there making the calls, but you're watching this happen in real time and they're the ones driving. So it really, it does add to a lot of the excitement that you would get from an actual race because you are not in control. You are pushing, you are helping, you are giving these calls and stuff, but in the end, it's whether their driver, you know, will finish in the, the top half or whatever. And it does feel a lot more realistic, especially with all, with all the different camera angles as well. Like we are playing uh, swapping joysticks, uh, Formula Joysticks, which is our current video series. And sometimes, FJ. FJ, sometimes we're like 20 seconds out front or 40 seconds out front or we're, yeah, it just, it doesn't feel quite realistic. Whereas this is very, very much kind of a realism management sim. Um, but yeah, there's just so much you can do. You can develop parts, you can work on parts, you can go and manufacture extra parts and research them. It's just, there is so much to do in the game that I've barely scratched. Um, but yeah, we did, I did two races yesterday. You can speed them up to 16 times the speed. So it, and you can just like watch it as an overview of the track, which I did for the second race. The second race we finished in 15 minutes, whereas the first one was like well over an hour, um, but yeah, the second wow. one. So I mean, but it is. It's the fifty. It was a fifty-two lap race around the Saudi Arabian, around the Jeddah street circuit, and we finished like fourteenth and fifteenth in the first race, so got no points. And then in the second race, one of mine was down in like thirteenth, but the other one was in uh, ninth with like three laps to go. And then I dropped to tenth, and I was five seconds on the like two laps to go. I was five seconds ahead of the car behind. And so 10th is the first, is the lowest point scoring finish. And you just get one point. And I was so close, so close on the final, not even the final corner, but literally the final straight where the finishing line was. I was overtaken um, and Sad times. came 11th by 0.05 seconds. Um, so yeah, I was very angry, but it was entertaining and it was really, it was really good fun. Um, but I would love to kind of just, tinker with it and you know get really stuck in and working out work out like what i need to do to get better what i'm meant to be looking at what i'm meant to be researching it's for f1 geeks 100 percent, you must be an f1 nerd to play this game and it would definitely help if you do like management games uh, but it's it is a really fun game for those people but if you're not into f1 it's not going to get you into f1 that's the thing i think for me this is the sort of Sorry, I'm still blocked up. I can tell. Do you want to blow your nose? Do you have a blow? No, I'm okay. Um, I think for me, it's the kind of F1 game that I would prefer because I'm sort of a newer F1 fan. um, And I sort of have got into it by enjoying the strategy side of things and enjoying the sort of team dynamics and things like that. And I guess a bit like what I was saying with Final Fantasy XII, what I'm enjoying is the overall strategy of battling as opposed to the minutiae of every single battle. And this is kind of similar in the sense of your, it's the overarching management and strategy rather than sitting racing as you would in F1 uh, 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a big fan of racing games. I know we're playing it at the moment and that's great fun to do I together. mean, we are, um, Ed, and it's bringing out sides of you that I hadn't yeah, seen exactly. before. Exactly. Because I get very frustrated. We had to have in, a little talk the other day. We did. <laughs> um, I get very frustrated with with driving. Um, and w- whereas what I 
quite like is is the more sort of control the controlling um sort of strategic management side of things um and i feel like it's the kind of game that i would get quite sucked into that management thing for a lot of time um more so than i would with just constantly racing around a track um at the same time like you say i think you do have to be a complete f1 nerd to enjoy it and i don't know if i'm quite i don't know if i'm quite there you're becoming one you this has happened quite quickly that's true. Mm. I tend to get into things like quite heavily and then I drop out of it. It's like with music, I will listen to one song on repeat for days until I'm so sick of it that I never will listen to it again. Yeah. Um, so I will probably do that with F1 and get into it and then I'm like, eh, no. But it's great because it has its like the summer break. We've had the summer break, then we're going to have a few races in a row. Like I'm when the season finishes, <clears> I'm, you know, oh, that's, that's been a lot of F1. That's a great end. And then you're without it for a few months. Then by the time it comes around, you, you're completely ready for it. So it, you can never really overdose on F1 for me anyway. But yeah, the game is, we'll it see. is brilliant. Uh, it is a brilliant Formula One management game. It's what you want. If you're into Formula One, give it a go. The amount of depth to it. I mean, I've barely scratched the surface. There is so much uh, to it, but I'm looking forward to going and playing some more. I want to watch a lot of videos of the uh, random YouTubers saying like, this is what you should be focusing on or this is what, how to play it and to, you know, develop the car or develop your skills, you know, faster than others. I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing that. So you want to be told what to do? I want to, yeah, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should just try it myself. But then when they say we're losing confidence in you, I might go, oh, fuck this then. Screw you all, I quit. Well, does does the game not ease you in with uh, sort of beginner mode and training and explaining stuff? Oh, it explains things. Um, it explains things very well. But that was in my first race, my little practice one I did off stream. And then yesterday I was like, you know what? I'm gonna. You can turn off, which I love as well. So you, when you start a new career, you can have the tutorials or you can just go straight in. So for yesterday, I just went straight in. <clears throat> but it was... It was great. Yeah. And it was, yeah, like we were trying to get into Q in the first race. We were trying to get into Q2 in the second round of qualifying. And uh, like we'd in the practice, we'd finished like 15th and 17th. And it's only the top 15 that get into Q2. So it was really like on the edge. Can we get there? And we managed to get into Q2 and it was such a relief. And it's just like small victories like that. And you're seeing it happen just as it happens on TV. Um and you don't, like I say, you don't have that control. You are not physically in control of the cars. So it does, but you do have a control over, you know, where they're pushing and what their strategies are. So you do have some say over it, but overall it's down to the driver. Yeah, play it if you are into that kind of game because it is perfect. But like I said, it is it is for the F1 fan out there. Nice. How are you feeling, Ed? Do you feel, are you feeling uh, OFK? Oh, that's what you did there. What does the F stand for? Well, you'll have to play the game to find out. Oh. Well, no, don't. Um, tell us all about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is Ed's it. review of OFK. <laughs> play it and you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I can't quite remember, but OFK is like a shortened version of a Japanese word that comes up in the story thing. Anyway, <laughs> um, yes, I played and reviewed last week We Are OFK, <clears throat> which is a new music game slash visual novel um there are lots of things i liked about it i also feel like it's fundamentally slightly flawed 
Um, but I was very excited about it because um, the story is basically the story of a pop band being put together in L.A. And the game is divided up into five episodes. Each episode is an hour long and they are being released weekly. So there were two last week. The third one is today and then there's another two to come. And each of those episodes has a music video um, with an actual song. And this band oh, called OFK are an actual virtual band that are releasing music. So you can go and listen to these songs as they're released each week on music, Spotify, streaming, whatever. Um, which is cool. Um, it's kind of this blurring of like video game and real life music industry, um, you know, an actual virtual band to go and listen to sort of guerrilla style. Um, and that it's an animated band. Um, so I was really excited about this. Um, very much my kind of thing. And as a game, it's quite good. Um, the story is essentially the story of this band coming together in LA, going through the music industry, all the ups and downs, um, lots of drama between them. Um, they're all kind of mid-twenties. And most of the story plays out as a series of sort of text messages um so it's very kind of gen z speech of lots of emotes and horny texts and and dating and and stuff like that um so it's much more about personal drama than it is the making of the band necessarily so you loved it because i mean you're watching we are the oc or whatever or selling the oc no. <laughs> i mean if you like that then surely you like this no, it's very different, Ben. Oh. Um, this is much more sort of millennial Gen Z kind of chat. The only which way is can Essex. get a little bit can get a little bit tiresome. I think you sort of have to be like a certain age, and I feel like I'm getting on a bit. But I get it, but it gets a bit tiresome. Did you? Um, um, were you sexting in it? No. Yeah. No, not myself. You sort of read stuff as it comes up um visually it's great it has this uh sort of minimalist style animated style everything's in pastels very sort of warm almost kind of 80s um but set now uh kind of vibe and it also sounds great the music is generally really good um it's this kind of synthy dream pop kind of vibe um i really like the songs there's one that's been out for a little while called follow unfollow um, which is this kind of love song about social media, which is very much the vibe of the, the the game and the people in it. Like I said, it's kind of Gen Z worries of social media, finding love on social media, and working for a video game company, and 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 all this kind of stuff. Um, most of the characters are, are queer as well, which is lovely. So mm. the representation is great. Um, it's kind of pretty much all of them are LGBT plus in some way but it's completely normalized. It's not like there's any coming out or trauma or um, questioning or, or anything like that. It's just, yep, that person's a lesbian, that person's bi, that person's non-binary. Great. Let's get on with the story, um, which is great. Um, it's really nice that it's just really positive representation. Um, so I really appreciated that side of things as well. Um, for me, the downside is that as a game, it doesn't quite work because it just doesn't really feel interactive enough. Um, and I appreciate that visual novels aren't always that interactive. It's a novel. You're there to play the story. 
but I would have appreciated at least some options of like how to change the story a little bit or mold it a certain way or make some decisions. Um, and all you're really deciding is a few dialogue options that are ultimately meaningless. Um, and that's fine because the story is nice enough to follow. Um, but it would have been nice to have a little bit more interaction. What they're really pushing, though, as sort of a novel idea are these interactive music videos. So it's essentially a music video for the song. Um, that song comes at the sort of climactic point of the episode. It's meant to reflect the main mood of the, of the, of the episode, um, which is nicely done. But the interaction is literally like moving a cursor to pop some bubbles or just slowly moving through a crowd or collecting some cats or <laughs> just something that's just really like mindless. Were um, there any frogs and witches in it? No. <laughs> um, but it's essentially just giving your thumb something to do while you're watching the music video. And to an extent, I'd rather just watch the music video and appreciate the the music rather than have some vague interaction that just feels a bit pointless. Um, you know, when you've got something like um, uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts, where you're sort of racing through in time with the music and there are interactions that are sort of in rhythm and things like that. Um, I would have loved more of that, but this is just, there's no, it doesn't affect the music. There's no feedback from it. It's just giving you something to do. That's a bit mindless. Um, so I was a bit disappointed by that side of things. I don't feel like as a game, it was as unique as it could have been. Um, but saying that, like I said, I liked the music. I enjoyed the story. Um, and I really appreciated the representation in it. Um, it's got a sort of almost life is strangey kind of vibe and that it's a bit sort of teen emo. Um, it's got vibes of Carol and Tuesday. Yes. Um, our favorite Netflix anime, mm -hmm. um, because it's sort of young people in music industry, uh, and again, nicely diverse. So it's kind of the, it's that kind of vibe, which I, I really enjoy. I just think as a game, like as, as a games journalist reviewing this and being critical of it as a game. It, it sort of falls short a little bit. Um, but I, I appreciate what it's trying to do, and I definitely enjoyed it. So I think if you like visual novels and you want something with some really good um, representation in it, then um, then definitely give it a go. It's um, I'm not sure how much it is, but it's, it's only like five hours because it's only five episodes or an hour each. So it's just a nice short little visual novel about gay pop stars. Nice. Is it free anywhere? No. Okay. Uh, but it's on PS5 and Switch and PC. Nice. Um uh, Money has a request here. Could you sing us could you sing the theme tune to the OC? California. Perfect. That's the one. There you go. Thank you very much for that. Feel free to clip it so that if anybody ever gives me a shout out uh, with the clippy thing, then uh, that'll hopefully pop up. Okay, um, have you been playing anything else, or should we go on to the news? Well, let's let's just see what what chat I've been playing. Oh yeah, um, in Dixwood. We also speaking of games, we uh, well the chat's playing and community things. We're going to be playing some Kiwi after the podcast today. Have you downloaded it yet? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm just checking your... Ye of little faith. I mean, right so. Um, so, Mr. Wibble has been playing Humankind. 
which sounds actually quite interesting. Uh, I've been playing Humankind these last two weeks. Even though I don't regularly play Civ-like games, it's a game I wanted to play since it came out a year ago. The concept of starting in practically the Stone Age and progressing all the way to space flights and nukes appealed to me. The game has a basic tutorial for people who have some experience with strategy games. Excuse me. But I opted for the absolute beginner experience. It gave me a pretty good idea of what to find where in the interface, and it gradually eased me into the different gameplay mechanics. We'd love to be gradually eased in. Um, <laughs> such as scientific research, diplomacy, combat, exploration, exploitation. Uh, there's so much more I could probably write, but I'm at work and other things demand my brain power, which is very understandable. Um, even though it feels like my decisions could end up having terrible consequences in the future, my civilization is doing remarkably well, and I'm really enjoying it. But will I still do so after the first war? A great question. That's, I really like the, uh, yeah, I remember seeing that, I don't know when it was first shown, but just thinking like, that looks like a really cool, because I love those kind of games, but then you go into it and it's just a million mechanics and I get lost. The worst yeah. ever for me was Crusader Kings 3, I think mm. it was. Was it 3, the latest? I could yeah. not get into that. I tried to. I like, I gave that, I downloaded that game about four times because I downloaded it. Really tried to understand what was going on and just was like, oh, screw this. I've just wasted three or four hours of my time and did that like a few times because I was just desperate to get into it and I just could not. And I was watching tutorials on YouTube and everything. But this, I remember this coming out and being like, oh, this looks actually really good. Um, and it's And it gradually eases you in, which is exactly what I want. Yeah, there's always that worry of being overwhelmed with that kind of game. But it's nice that like I want a good training mode in that to just hold my hand and take me through it um it's good to know that you can do that yeah uh mr millhill uh has been playing some hearthstone a lot oh by the um, way um it's humankind is coming out on consoles ps4 ps5 hmm. xbox one xbox series x and s on the 4th of november this year there we go very nice uh yes mr millhill's been playing some hearthstone um i think we had this last time as well but there is mm. some new drama with hearthstone um blizzard is monetizing battlegrounds uh, which has previously been free to play. And when you start a round, you can pick from two heroes to play with, but you had an option to buy an upgrade with in-game currency that lets you choose from four heroes. Blizzard decided that from now on, you can only buy the upgrade with a new in-game currency called Runestones, which can only be obtained with real money, which is really, really shitty. Um, being able to choose from four heroes instead of two is huge when it comes to enjoying the game or winning. Real-world equivalent would be having to choose between Wigan Athletic... And Buffalo Bills. Boo, both terrible. Both shit. Yeah, both shit. They're the worst basketball teams in the world. Um, and Charlie's also quite upset about this. Uh, what really annoys me about this change, especially with Eddie being able to choose between two heroes going forward, is that they have added so many heroes to the game and hardly ever remove any. So even when choosing between four heroes, the chances of me getting offered a hero I like playing are very slim. Now with only two heroes offered to me, it's even less likely that I'll get those heroes I like. And therefore, you're going to end up spending having to spend money. That That's is very annoying. Yeah, I mean, free to so yeah. My opinion on free to play games is changing. I think I said this last time, but I'm becoming less and less inclined to enjoy free to play games because they are designed to get money constantly. Whereas a game that is, you know, you pay up front, they will make a game that is hopefully that is really good that will make you part with that cash. To play it and once you've got it you know then you could you're not gonna hopefully you know games that don't have microtransactions you can actually just enjoy that game um and you know that everything is contained within that game that you're going to unlock 
you don't have to go and put extra money in. It's not constantly trying to, you know, beg your wallet to, un, you know, to uh, take you know, to take whatever from it. And that's where I think Destiny went wrong. Um, I mean, Destiny 2, when the game becomes free to play, I'm yet to find a game that's gone free to play and kept me addicted to it. Fortnite, for example, has always been free to play and I've dipped in and out. That's fine. But things like Star Wars, The Old Republic and um, Destiny 2, both of those I loved. Then they went free to play and I could see the mechanics coming in where it was just, hey, we want to get your money. We don't care about you completing a game or getting the game. We want you to play this game all the time and we want to get your money. And that just put me off. Um, and it's, it's, I've got to the point where now I'm just completely put off those games. If it's free to play, it should be free to complete. Um, and anything paid should just be an extra. And that's one thing that I think Fortnite at least kind of gets right, because I have an annoyance with it. Um, I don't play many free-to-play games. I have played Fortnite, and I appreciate that you can play Fortnite as a shooter, shooting, building, whatever, and it it's, it's well done. It's yeah. polished, it plays really well, and you can just enjoy it on that level if you want to. Um, if you then want to play and get the battle pass, you can you can pay for that if you want to, but you don't have to. You can still enjoy it on yeah. a free level. But I like that most of the money is put into the cosmetics, which is essentially meaningless. It's just how do you want to look? And yeah. I appreciate that that's become a massive marketing thing for them, which in some ways is very clever of what collaborations can we do with so many different companies mm. to get people into our game. That okay yes people have to pay for these things but it's quite a clever marketing spin to get people in to be honest the way that they've got all these people playing as dragon ball z characters because they love it and are prepared to spend money mm. for that character do you know what if you love it that much and you want to buy that character fine but you don't have to it's completely cosmetic that's your choice to do that the thing that really fucks me up about fortnite is that you can't just buy a skin you have to buy a pack of v bucks and the cost of the pack of those V-Bucks is more than what the skin is, which means that you're spending more than you need to, which means then you're left with extra bits of money that then isn't enough for another one. So then you have to buy more. And that's what irritates me is that you can't just buy one skin. You have to buy like a set of V-Bucks. That fucks me off because that's money grabbing. I, yeah, I can see how you can't pick a specific amount of V-Bucks to buy. I think as well, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, they, they, there's also a reason why you buy those V-Bucks and then you spend them. It's to do with, you know, how you're buying them on different uh, stores. And yeah, I'm, I think it's getting around certain regulations um, by, because you're not directly buying that skin, you're just buying the V-Bucks. Then you're using those V-Bucks in whatever way you want. But interestingly enough, they're actually, they announced a Destiny to Fortnite uh, kind of... They have? Uh yeah. Crossover. Crossover, that's the word I was looking for. I was looking for crossplay. I was saying, about to say crossplay. But yeah, those, and those skins are expensive. So they actually look really nice. The skins, because it's Fortnite, which is like bright and colourful. And Destiny is known for its just miserable looking, ugly skins for most of it. The only problem with Destiny is that it, it plays really well. Like the shooting is fantastic. The traversal moving around is great. But the, the tack, like the, kind of the money grabbing in that is getting just ridiculous. Um, so they bring out expansions every couple of years. Those expansions then come with season uh, tickets or season passes. So, but the actual expansion, let, let me just go and bring up, it's called Lightfall. This is the uh, the next 
Destiny thing. I want to bring it up on Steam, I think. Oh, it's on Bungie, isn't it? On Bungie Store. Because I, it is quite surprising how expensive this is going to be. Um, where is it? Where's the game? I'll find it one second. Have you been playing... Uh, have you played Destiny recently? Not recently, no. Um, it's mm. been a while. So, Destiny 2. If you want to buy the standard edition of the expansion that could get shelved. Um, oh, wait. I will add there quickly, it won't get shelved. Because they they said, as part of that stream, they are no longer di uh, ditching expansions. Oh, so I didn't hear the that. Last couple, yeah, so from the last couple onwards, that expansion will now stand and they will stick with it. They're not ditching them anymore. Good, because that was ridiculous. But they have... So Des this is on Steam, I'm looking. Uh, but Destiny 2 Lightfall, the expansion, £40 for an expansion. Then the Destiny 2 Lightfall plus the annual pass. So this includes, I believe, it's four season tickets. Uh, four season passes. Uh, it might be five. This is... Hmm, yeah. That one uh, comes to £80. And I think for a free-to-play game, which you you would not be able to reach the max level, you would not be able to do the majority of the, the new stuff and reach and unlock, you know, all the new classes, go to these new planets if you don't pay for this. You have to pay third, you have to pay £40, plus you have to buy for the um, season pass if you want to unlock the cosmetics and the, you know, go up to level 100 or whatever, unlock all of that stuff. Plus, they've asked, they started adding these cards... To it like there's been these other extra event cards that you had to buy or you didn't have to buy but you know it was an option to buy like i've been i remember i think it was um oh what was the last one that came out it wasn't lightfall it was something witch queen. no it was oh was it the witch queen yes it was yeah i'm thinking of the one before that but yeah so witch queen came out but just before yeah beyond light that was what i was thinking of um but before that the they had a 30th Bungie 30th anniversary pack, which cost uh, like 20 odd pounds, 30 pounds. And that was just unlocking another feature in it. And it just, there's, they keep so much of the game behind paywalls. Like if you want to play Destiny 2 completely without paying anything, you are locked away from playing so much of it and progressing and for actually reaching the top level, which is something in Fortnite it doesn't do. In Fortnite, you can pretty much play whatever. And you can unlock some skins and you can keep you can get some quite, you know, decent looking skins just from playing the game. Um, whereas, yeah, Destiny 2 is just so much milking as Mr. Wibble, yeah. You've confused me by everything you've just said, so I don't have a clue. Well, they, I mean, obviously, so, yeah, you've got the the season pass, similar to, Death, uh, similar to Fortnite. You've got the season pass that'll come out I'll, and you can reach level 100. I'll be honest, I don't need you to explain it because I don't care because wow. that's just too much money that... It is ridiculous. Like, it should not be that confusing, no. is my point. Like, just, just there, there's no need for it to be that confusing. Sum it up, you've got the base game, but you can then buy expansions. or And you can also buy a season pass. And you can actually buy the skins with the silver in-game currency. And you can also buy the special event uh, expansion or add-ons that they bring out, uh, like the 30th anniversary thing. And, all, and that plus the expansions all have other content stuff lot behind it. And yeah, if you play Destiny a lot, it costs you a lot of money if you want to kind of be up to date. And I just got to the point where I didn't have the time or the patience. I'd rather they just charge me a subscription each month and have everything unlocked. I would rather that 
yeah. but it will well, make them I enough mean, money. That's, that's the MMO model. Yeah, like, they should do that. Hmm. They should do that. Um, Charlie made a point in chat about Fortnite. You can get V Bucks as a free reward in the Battle Pass, even without buying the Battle Pass. So you can technically save up enough V Bucks for another skin. I had no idea you could do that. Yeah, and I I'm... mean, I don't play Fortnite that much, but I didn't know you could do that. So great, that's I'm... fine. From what I remember, I don't know if it's still the case, but you could... So you, if you bought a battle pass in Fortnite and completed that battle pass, you would have earned enough V-Bucks to get the next one. So you oh. only needed to technically buy it once and just keep playing it. Well, that sucks you into playing it, doesn't it? I mean, it does. But they do give you a lot of free things from that pass. Okay. Um, Westmanovich, though, on the other side, does say I love... Destiny 2 and I'll gladly play I gladly pay the 80 quid every second year to get more of the amazing gameplay and that's great the only thing with Destiny is it, it's such a grind like it, you have to it's like a second job uh, trying to get to the max level and raid ready and that I just don't have the time I, re, I like it where for example in Fortnite if you want to finish the battle pass in Fortnite it's not that difficult you can do kind of like the 3 or 4 uh, well they'll give you all these missions to do and these quests but there's not like a huge rush to get it done and you can get them done quite quickly and you can just, you can literally log on for half an hour a day and, and really push. Whereas Destiny is just, yeah, the, the, the quests just take forever. Anyway. Yeah, so I just... More I've, than enough Destiny chat. I think that's my acknowledgement that I'm just, I've given up on Destiny. Thank God for that. I think Final Fantasy fourteen will be my MMO of choice. Good. Um, Helios has been playing some Cult of the Lamb and has provided us with a screenshot of, of a lot of dead cultists who apparently all died of old age. Mm. 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 I'm sure. I'm sure. Definitely weren't eating shit. That's for sure. <laughs> Did you eat shit? Who ate shit in your uh, cult? Um, so, Moni, uh, last week when I played it, uh, made me force Mr. Wibble to eat shit. And then when I played it a couple of days ago, she once again asked me to force Mr. Wibble to eat shit. Hmm. Which was shocking. So then Moni died, and I uh, I think... Did I sacrifice Moni? I think I might have sacrificed Moni. Or maybe I ascended Moni. One of them. And then I got the ability to resurrect. So then Moni came back. And I'm sure she's now going to start making people eat shit. I mean, that does sound like a money thing. Very much. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely on brand. Um, Debs has also been playing uh, Cult of the Lamb, uh, as well as Dwarf Romantic and The Walking Dead Season 1. The story in Walking Dead can really throw you for a loop, and it gets quite emotional too, but I am just loving the story and the art style. I killed the final boss in Cult last night, congrats. Uh, and I'm trying to get some of the other achievements done as well. Um, I'm definitely going to carry on with Cult of the Lamb. I might play the rest of it off stream. Yeah. Um, just because I I, I waited a week, because I only stream once a week, so I waited a week to play, and I'd sort of forgotten where I where I was and what I was doing. Um, and there's so much busy work in that game, I feel like it's easy to lose track of where you are. So I feel like I kind of want to just really get stuck into it and, and play it in my own time. Oh, so also in the... On. In the chat, Stephen, he says, uh, I've been visiting the family the last few weeks and entertaining nieces and nephews, but I'm looking forward to going back to Two Point Campus and Skyrim. Two Point Campus, yes. great game. And Skyrim, I mean, I've never played it too much. I've, I've given it like a good 10 hours or so. 
she's barely scratching the surface. Very good. All right, well, let's go to the news because we're, we've got some breaking news. Well, it's not breaking. It was announced this morning. Yeah, I was going to say, there's. I don't have too many news stories, but there are big news stories to discuss. Um, the first of which is unprecedented. This has never happened before. Um, and that is that Sony are increasing the price of the PlayStation 5. Um, so they are increasing it in the UK by £30. And in Europe, it will be increased by €50. Euros. Um, it's also being increased around the world, basically everywhere except the US. So the US is saying the same. So that means that in Europe, uh, the PS5 with a disk drive is now going to cost you €549.99. <sighs> And the digital edition will be four hundred and forty nine ninety nine. Uh, the UK it's going to be four seven nine ninety nine with the disc drive, and without is three eight nine nine nine. So it's basically four hundred and eighty quid now to buy to buy a PS five uh, or five hundred and fifty in Europe. Um, so yeah, the the main reason for this is um, because of high global inflation rates. Adverse currency trends impacting consumers and creating um, impacting consumers because they want to impact consumers. Have you not seen the cost of living at the moment? Creating pressures on many industries. Um, there's, I mean, there is a lot to this story. The initial reaction is obviously incredibly shitty that they are putting this on consumers and making consumers pay the difference, which sucks when there's a cost of living crisis. Um, yeah, and you know, people already are struggling to find a PS5, let alone buy one and save up enough. When people's um, energy bills are going like six, seven hundred pounds a month, like this price increase, obviously it's a luxury. So yes, you can be like, well, just don't buy one. Sure. But this is, yes, there's a 30 pound price rise. But when you compare it to inflation and the cost of living and everything else going up, that is not a 30 pound price rise. That's, you know, 200 pounds. It's something that is way more than before. You know, the more this inflation, the more the cost of living goes up, the harder it is to buy something. And then you're adding extra on there. I mean, they know they're going to sell it because there are people out there who are desperate for these and they're constantly not in supply. Uh, sorry, not in, well, the, there's a huge, very, very high demand and there aren't enough on there, out there on the shelves. But this is, this just smells of greed. Yes. Um, I am going to, attempt to vaguely defend Sony a little bit on this. Um, a little bit. In that, I guess just to explain, like a lot of the time when consoles are sold, they're sold at a loss because they're bloody expensive to make, um, let alone to, to, to sell and for us to buy. So a lot of the time they are sold at a loss and any extra profit they make is made off software. Um, so that it balances out because people will buy one console but they'll buy three four five games or whatever and that balances the cost out um but yeah as helios has said we're now two years later usually the cost will go down um as they get better at making things components become cheaper um etc etc and the fact that two years later they're now putting it up mm. is worrying and games are 80 um, euros <laughs> 
yeah, games are expensive. Now, maybe there's just not enough available at this point. Maybe people don't want to spend that much, so people are buying less games. I'm sure they'll use PS Plus as an excuse of, well, we've got a subscription service, so people don't buy individual games. Um, but at the same time, I think there is they haven't sold enough consoles because they can't make them quick enough. Um, so therefore, the components haven't become cheaper yet, as Volusia said. So it's difficult for them to cut the price at this point. Um, what I will say is that I, I really don't think that this is a decision that Sony has made lightly. I don't think this is them being super greedy of like, we just want to put the price up to make more money. Mm. I think this is an awful, awful PR move um, that I feel like there must be a deep reason why they are sort of having their hand forced on this um, in, in order to... to to feel like they're making money now yes there are probably other ways of them doing this it's surprising that a big corporation feels like it can't take a hit on this um when they are probably making so much money elsewhere hence it's shitty to put this on consumers and i totally get that um but i think that this is a sign that there are big shifts coming in the industry that you know if a company like sony feels like this is the only route it can go to this must be a last resort for them to stoop to this level mm. there must be something bigger happening here um in terms of global economy the state of the games industry at the moment um it's it's unprecedented for this to happen for a console publisher but meta at least last month did put the price up of its um quest 2 headset by a hundred dollars which is bigger it does come with a free copy of beat saber but you know that doesn't necessarily counter it um I think the really interesting thing here now is going to be how does Microsoft respond to this? Because yes. either this is a home goal, oh, no, open goal, that's what I mean. I'm trying to make a football reference. Um, this is an <laughs> open tried. goal. I tried. Um, it's either an open goal for them to say, well, do you know what? We're not going to put the price up. So therefore, we're consumer friendly. And therefore, you should all go and buy an Xbox. Yeah, and um, you've got Game Pass them... as well. So you don't need to pay £80 Oh, so 80 yeah. euros, 70 pounds for a game. I mean, that which, makes a lot which, of sense. Which would make Xbox look great. Yeah. Um, but that also means that Microsoft will have to take a similar hit, presumably, in terms of the cost of all these other factors that we're talking about. Um, Microsoft will have to take a hit on that if they're not going to put the price up as well. But it's also a bigger company with, it's more diverse, it has more money. They can probably afford to do that. Mm. But if Microsoft turn around and say, do you know what? We also need to put the price up. Then that is a major thing in the video games industry that clearly there's this whole shortage of, of components and, and stuff not selling is uh, is having a massive effect on, on the industry. Um, mm. We've gone through this sort of bubble of the pandemic and people buying loads of stuff because they're bored at home. It feels like now because of the economic situation that has completely burst. And if big companies like Sony are having to make this kind of decision, it's really shitty. But I think there's a deeper problem there that they're having to deal with, which I is don't, worrying. I don't even think, I don't think man, Microsoft could. I mean, they're doing the, they've hopefully getting this Activision uh, acquisition. If they're at the Activision Blizzard acquisition, if can they justify putting their prices up of their console and being like, yeah, we're also still going to be buying this massive, massive other company as well. I feel like Microsoft are a little bit more frivolous with their money and I don't think they would want to put their price up just like 
Because, yeah, the, the amount of negative publicity they're going to get from this, you know, that Sony are getting from this, why would Microsoft want that when we know for well they've got absolutely bags of money? They have so much money behind them. They're going to, how much was it to buy Activision Blizzard? They can't throw all the money on Activision Blizzard and say, oh, yeah, we're also going to put up a bit, you know, going to put £30 extra on the console as well. Because that wouldn't, that would be just a drop in the ocean, surely. But um, I've got some facts for you. Would you like some facts? Go on. Um, so the price increase, if we change it to uh, dollars, are you, do you want to know what it would be? Go on. Um, well, I would do if I'd pressed the right thing. Um, <laughs> I did have it up at one point. Oh, wait, no, here it is. So um, there we go. Yeah, so if you translate to so the price increase, if you changed it to dollars, the price increase would be $50 in Europe because the dollar and the euro have parity at the moment. Uh, so it'd be plus $50 in Europe, plus $35.50 in the UK, plus $36 in Japan, plus $35 in Australia, and plus 58 in China. So like China is getting the biggest uh, whack of all of them. But Europe is a big one. And why? Because PlayStation is far more popular than Xbox is across Europe. So they want to make more money out of that. Yeah. Um, also, it is not unprecedented. The um, Oculus Quest 2 um, went up by $100. I literally said that. Oh, Were you not listening? No, I was too, too busy oh, reading uh, reading these things. <laughs> I literally said that happened last month. Oh, okay, but so it's not unprecedented. That is, that is only a VR headset. It's not a big publisher and their proper console. Okay, I'll let you off then. Right. <sighs> Yeah, but yeah, that is uh, pretty much what I... Uh... Sorry, I was too busy I mean, reading and, I think, and trying to think, find I all know. these facts. I know. Um, I think the interesting thing about it as well is the timing, because it's Gamescom this week. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that they thought, you know what, we'll just slip this out, thinking that everyone's busy with Gamescom and all the previews and stuff that they're doing. But this is far bigger news than than most of uh, <laughs> than, than most of what's at Gamescom. Um, also, at the opening ceremony, they announced this new cons uh, this new controller that they're bringing out as uh, like a pro controller, which you can customize the buttons and all this kind of stuff onto it. Um, which to me seems like an absolute fucking waste of time. Um, I know people want to customize the controller a little bit, and for accessibility reasons, sure, that's great. However, a bring out a proper accessibility controller. Don't just use a dual sense, like come up with something proper, like what Xbox have done, what Microsoft has done with the accessibility controller. But also how much is this pro controller going to cost? Yeah. They haven't said that yet. So they've said it's coming. They haven't said how much it's going to cost. I guarantee you it's going to be well over a hundred quid for that controller. Oh, I think it's going to be the, the same as the Xbox one, which was 150. There you go. And it, it may be more. For a controller is, an, is already extortionate. Oh yeah, I would not buy um, that. No. Um, the other interesting thing from Sony this week, uh, which happened at the start of the week, is that they have narrowed down the PlayStation VR 2 launch window now to say that it's coming early 2023. So it's not a specific date, but we at least know that it's definitely coming towards the start of next year. But again, they haven't given us a price. And I think that's also quite an interesting debate of how much is that VR 2 going to cost? Because it's not just a case of how much is that headset going to cost in itself. 
that is an accessory to a PlayStation 5. So if you factor in the cost of the console mm. as well as the headset, that's going to cost like, I don't know, almost a grand maybe just to be able to play VR, which makes it far more expensive than mm. other VR headsets out there. Um, I mean, admittedly, you've got some that go with a PC and that's the cost of a PC, so fine. But I think that's going to be really interesting to see where they pitch that. What's your prediction? Also, what, for VR2? Yeah. Um, I'm thinking 399. That's me hoping. Yeah, I think I think around that. I think if they were just under the 400 mark. I don't think they could mm, get it too close to the price of the actual console. No, but then the console's, what, 480? <laughs> so, oh, but then the digital edition, edition is 390. So mm. you're basically saying that it's the same price as the console. Yeah. That's huge. Um, and then you've got to think that they have done this just a couple of months ahead of their biggest release of the year, God of War. So everyone's going to want to play God of War. Um, uh. And so they're going to end up um, having to pay more to play on a PS5. But it's also coming out on PS4. So it will be interesting now to see the sales of the PS4 version versus the PS5 version of God of War to see, well, did people say fuck it and they settled for PS4? Or mm. did people actually pay to get a PS5 console even more just so that they can play that game? Is that going to be a system seller? There's then the case of, well, they're currently selling more consoles because they have bundled in Horizon Forbidden West with it. So Horizon is now one has actually become a really big selling game this year, even though it was outsold by Elden Ring at the time, because they're bundling it with the console. So everyone who's trying to get a PS5 is now getting Horizon with it as well. I don't know what they haven't said what the cost of the bundle is going to be. I'm presuming the cost of that bundle is also going to go up. Um, so even if it's not as if like they're packing in a game, um, mm. no, it's still it's still very expensive. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that as well. Um, It'd be interesting to or... see if it changes the scarcity of getting them as well. Whether people will be put off by this and it'll be easier to get them. Well, in all honesty, I don't think it's going to affect sales. In all honesty. And then that's maybe why they did it. <laughs> because they know that they can do it. They yeah. know that people want this console. It's in demand. People will pay whatever they want. People are already paying whatever scalpers are, are paying or, or selling it for. Um people will pay so they can get away with it so i don't think it will affect sales in that sense um i think the other thing uh another thing that i saw earlier is that final fantasy 16 has been trending in japan and that's because people are worried that this game is only available on ps5 and they're worried that they're not going to be able to get a ps5 they can't afford to buy a ps5 at the new price and final fantasy 16 is going to be huge in japan specifically People are worried they won't be able to play it because they won't have a console because they can't afford it. Mm. Um, there's going to be a huge knock-on for this. It is absolutely massive news. Do you think it's also splitting gamers as well? Like we get into the gamers that have got money and are able to buy these brand new games, the full price, £80 games, they get able to pay the £500 consoles. And then there's the ones who can't really do that, have to play, well, they have to, they play their free-to-play games, they play their mobile games. Do you think it's kind of splitting Gamers. We're already at that point. Yeah, we're already at that point. The cost of a console is huge, and then the cost of new games at seventy quid each upwards mm. for a brand new game is massive. Um, people on lower incomes 
can't afford that. And I think that's where the Switch wins out because it's a low price. I mean, it's been out a lot longer, but um, the Switch is a low price console for families. That's where Nintendo have always pitched that. Um, and the Xbox is also trying to be more consumer friendly by having a low price, but also with Game Pass. Um, you know, you pay a subscription and you get access to far more games if they were good. Um, some of them are. So I think Microsoft are trying to pitch, you know, gaming is for everyone. And I think PlayStation have, or Sony are still pitching PlayStation as a premium product um, that people should be willing to charge more for because look how powerful our console is. Um, look how amazing it looks on our TVs. Uh, you know, look at all mm. the money we're putting into these blockbuster games that you can spend £70 on. They are trying to push themselves as a premium product. Um, so, you know, they are, they're already pushing that. And this price upgrade is just confound, is, is expounding that, whatever the word is. And it's, yeah, I mean, you, I interact with youths all the time uh, in my job. And yeah. The majority of them, when you say what game do they play, they play 100%, no, let's say 100%, like I would say 70% of those that say that they play games, say they play League, which is a free game that you don't need a really high-end PC to play. Um, and then there's some that play Apex and obviously Call of Duty, Warzone. A lot of them only play Warzone. They're the free games. They're the free ones that you can download. You don't need to buy, you don't need to pay a game, Yeah, pay £80 or £70 for the game. You don't need the, well, Call of Duty maybe, but the League and Apex. I mean, Call of Duty Warzone, I, I imagine you don't need the highest, the massive, you know, high-end PC, but you can play on your PS4. You can play on something, you know, that doesn't require the play latest technology. Yeah. I I mean, if I if at this Christmas I go around and I'm asking, oh, do you play games? What are you playing? The number of ones that the people that age that are going to be playing uh, God of War, I'm sure is going to be a lot, lot lower than you'd expect. You see it everywhere advertised, but no, people are not able to afford these things, not able to afford the PS5s, uh, not able to afford these £70 games constantly when there's so many new ones coming out. They can, you know, they're they're happy with their League of Legends. They don't need any money, they don't need to put any money into it. They don't need a top-end PC. They can just go and play it wherever they want, whenever they want, with their friends, and they're happy with it. And it really is splitting gamers. That's the will nowadays, though. The ones with money, the ones without. The gap is, uh, gap is widening. Indeed. Yeah, you should carry out that survey, Ben. I will. If I'm still working there, do some research. At Christmas, I will ask them what they're playing. There you go. There you go. Um, what else has been happening? That, that is the big news of the week. Um, the what, what should have been the big news this week is Gamescom. Uh, I know you watched Opening Night Live. I did. So did you? Uh, I did as well. Um, was there anything in particular that stood out to you? Because a lot of it to me was not the top level games. Mm. It was a lot of spacey stuff and just not amazing. So for me, there's not a huge amount of like standout news from mm. the show. But did anything catch your eye? Um, I was intrigued by the Dune MMO. I wasn't expecting that. And... I was because I do love an MMO, um, especially one that doesn't have a subscription to it. You know, although then you get the other practices. Well, it depends if it's a you know, a game that you buy once and that's it. But it's like yeah, survival MMO. I wonder what. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see how they do that. A survival. Yeah, that was it. Like a survival MMO. Is it going to be a bit like Conan? Can we make the dong as big as possible? 
and does it swing around there not important you've already got big giant worms with anus faces so i thought you'd be if you i thought you'd like that no okay you've changed um but i'm intrigued to see how that works um because it's going to have servers with so many people on there and it's a survival game is yeah is it going to be something like conan will it play a lot better than conan and not be as janky a big janky mess like that I'm intrigued, uh, but I did go on to Reddit and the people there were very upset. I love June. June's amazing. And I was so hyped. And then I saw it was the MMO and I immediately lost all interest was most people's reaction. That's fair. Because they pretend they only like single player games. I mean, I generally only like single player games. <laughs> but would you give it a go? No. Oh, okay. If, if it was like a single player role playing game in June, I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm not interested in MMO. The The only MMO I'm giving a go is Final Fantasy, and that's because I like Final Fantasy. So I want to play that game. But even then, it's not my favourite Final Fantasy game. Not even with a little... Maybe, uh... maybe it will be after Shadowbringers. Yeah, I mean, Shadowbringers is the best Final Fantasy story ever told. I don't know about that. But you haven't okay. played it. We'll see. <laughs> anything, anything else catch your eye? Um, yeah, but I can't remember. Right. So there were four that I liked. Okay, I'm sure one of them will be what I was thinking. The first is that we now have uh, a, a release date for Sonic Frontiers, uh, yeah. which you won't care about. But I am I'm very excited mm. to to play to play a new Sonic game. Um, and as much as the community is sort of a bit back and forth with this and what they think about it. I do genuinely think that there's some potential there. For that the trailer game. was great. That trailer was literally, it's not empty space. It's not just empty space. Yeah. Look at all the things you'll be able to do in this. Look how cool it looks. And it's like, Over oh. the last couple of months, they have shown a lot more gameplay. And every time they show it, it looks better. And they seem to be addressing problems that people have had with it. So I think just reserve judgment till it's out, yep. which is the 8th of November. That is soon. Is it's a day or two before God of War. <laughs> Just great timing. Uh, uh, yeah. People will, would you think that it'll happen, you know, the, uh, the, what was it, the Horizon Forbidden West effect when Elden Ring came out a few days later and, uh, oh, for sure. Kind of just, for it'll sure. be forgotten. Yes. It'll be forgotten and um, then in like two years we'll be like, oh, do you remember that underrated forgotten gem, forgotten, uh, gem Sonic Frontiers? I mean, Sonic's a big name. I think they'll be all right. I, there are loads of Sonic games that nobody remembers. Because they were shit, that's why. Mm. I mean, if this is not incredible, it'll be forgotten. I have hope. Mm. I have hope. Um, the second game is Life of P, which is the letter P, not P double E. No, this is the one that yeah, this is the one that I remember being like, oh, this is great. Yeah, somebody said, um, what, what was it called again? Life of P. Uh, no, sorry, Lies of P. Yeah. They were I keep wanting to say Life of Pi. Fibs of Piss. Lies of P. Fibs, Fibs of, of Piss. There Fibs of Piss, yeah. Um, so tell me what you think, what you like about Fibs of Piss. So the P stands for Pinocchio. Um, and essentially, this is Bloodborne, but you're playing as Pinocchio. Mm. Um, defeating sort of mechanized puppety bosses in this sort of victorian-esque gothic world um it's got that twisted fairy tale kind of vibe to it that i think is cool um earlier today i was watching a gameplay video on um a games 
journalism website and I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> um, it wasn't Eurogamer. Um, but I was watching it. It was like 10 minutes of gameplay. Conveniently and forgotten within, the name. Conveniently. And within seconds, I was like, this is literally Bloodborne with a different character. The, the way the menus work, the fonts, the character design um the 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 level design of the layouts the animations it's literally the first level of bloodborne in yarnum like almost identical um and there's there's paying homage to a good game and then there's like pretty much unsubtly copying it um i still think it's got a lot of potential but that's because bloodborne's so good but it's in inevitably going to be compared to bloodborne and will fail so i think it will probably be a nice seven out of ten game okay what other two games were you interested in? Um, there were two others. One of them is called... Um, I want to get it right, so I'm just scrolling through the article. Um, it was called Weird Song. Now, yeah. this was only um, teasered. Uh, so it's like a, a minute-long teaser. So it's a long way yet. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's a new studio that is made up of veterans from um, Bethesda. So they worked on a load of Fallout and Skyrim games, and they've now formed a new studio, and um, they're, they're, it's called Weird Song. And I believe it is the Knights Templar, um, which were, uh, or who were actually formed in Portugal. And so that's, it's set in medieval Portugal, but with this kind of dark fantasy kind of spin on it. Um, and because of the pedigree of the of the, the studio, I think it could have some real potential. Um, so that I think looks really cool. I love the image, you know, like the bullhorn kind of cloaked individual. Mm. That looked, yeah, I'm yeah, intrigued. Against the, against the moonlight yes. or whatever planet thing that is. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's got, I mean, it's literally just concept art at the moment, but I think it looks really cool. Um, and then the last one, is a new game from a Chinese developer uh, called Everstone. And the game is called Where Winds Meet. Mm. And it's an open world action RPG. It's being compared to Ghost of Tsushima and Assassin's Creed. Uh, but you're playing as a Chinese swordsman. It's got a lots of a lots of like wuxia elements. So that's like your know, crouching tiger hidden dragon kind of stuff. Um, you're like running on water, floating through the air. Um, the combat looks amazing. Uh, but you can take on different jobs within the world, which influences like what kind of swordsman you are. Um, you can test out loads of different weapons. Um, it seems like it's really in depth, but it's really playing off that chi uh, medieval China wuxia fantasy, um, which I am absolutely here for. And so we can. It looks beautiful. And we must beat up anybody that compares it to Ghost of Tsushima. Different countries. You know someone. Yes, well. exactly. <laughs> Oh, people already were. I think, oh. um, I mean, not that I want to badmouth people, um, but, but IGN had an exclusive on this, which is where I found the information on it. And I think they accidentally were comparing it or calling it a samurai game. Oh, People were very unhappy. It was literally, literally the weapon. It's there's not even China. Yeah. <laughs> not Japan. Jesus Christ. Well, well. We will see how that goes. How was what was the other game that had the interesting publisher that was set in? I think it was set in China. This is where it's not, and then I'm going to come out really badly from this. The one where you were watching a video in bed. I have. No and you're like, this looks amazing. What was that? Oh, um, Black Myth Wukong. Yes. Yes. 
So, well, that's an interesting one. There was a new gameplay video of that this week. That is is, is a Chinese developer, yes. Um, it's been in development for a few years now. It looks stunning. It's it's a sort of Soulsborne-y kind of game based on a novel I've forgotten the name of where you play as like the Monkey King. Um, um, Journey to the West. Journey to the West. I'm reading an article from Eurogamer written by you uh here i'm i'm getting literally you were the you were the first article that came up yeah so i'll let you you're the expert on this um, you've written about it but the problem with this developer is that they are basically massively misogynistic and homophobic and have written some really awful awful comments and images on weibo in china um their reports which are a couple of years old now so maybe things have changed um but just a lot of things about like this this game isn't for women and women shouldn't play games and whatever else. So the game's getting a lot of attention because it does look very cool. And it's it's in it's one of the earliest games to use Unreal Engine 5. So for that reason as well, it's a bit of a technical showcase for the engine. Hence people think it looks visually really great. Um but yes, not a nice studio. No. Uh, so I will not be buying that. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know yet about Everstone, what they're like, but, uh, where winds meet, go play that instead. Yes. Also, speaking of, uh, you know, dodgy comments, very well, not dodgy comments, but awful comments. Hogwarts Legacy had their, uh, latest trailer and it just doesn't look for, for like the it, hype that people are bigging up. Yeah. It looks like, Yeah doesn't look that good if if i if i had come you know if jk rowling didn't exist whatever and we look at it kind of with a fresh pair of eyes not thinking about that it doesn't look that good also they announced that pre-orders would go live like a few days later which i thought was quite amusing <laughs> they didn't even have the pre-orders ready for their reveal trailer um which was yeah well, they probably want to gauge numbers from excitement, but yeah, like I mean, it was the animations for me that just looked really stiff and unlifelike and a bit cheap, and mm. it just meh. I just think it's going to be a, actually just a fairly standard open worldy kind of game that happens to be set in that world, and there are a million other fancy games that are probably going to be far better. So I don't think anyone people should be boycotting it for obvious reasons, and. I think you're probably not going to miss out on anything. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Was there any other news or was that it? Not really. There, mm. there was a very quick one about Monster Hunter, which is just that Monster Hunter Rise has now sold over 11 million copies. Good for them. Um, great which, game. It is a great game. What What is interesting about this, to be honest, honest with you, is that uh, Capcom released their Platinum Games, which are their over a million selling games. And the number one game on that list is Monster Hunter World. And the last time they updated this, the number two game was Resident Evil 7, which was on 11 million copies. Mm. Now Monster Hunter Rise is over 11 million copies. So Resident Evil might have sold more, but it means now that potentially the top two best-selling Capcom games ever mm. are both Monster Hunter, which just proves to you how popular monster hunter is and how important that is as a franchise to capcom even just, more so than resident evil i just love how world came out on your know, pc well it came out on your yeah, pc came out on playstation and it was this big open world monster hunter where you know the latest graphics these giant monsters it did all of this stuff and then a few years later they released one that was initially only on switch 
kind of the graphics were obviously scaled down. The areas were smaller. They just added a few kind of quality of life issues, uh, quality of life features, and ended up making a game that was, for me, far better. Yep. And it just shows graphics, size, it, that doesn't do everything. In fact, just watch, just go and play a, an, an Assassin's Creed game uh, to find that Stop. out. Size isn't everything. We all know that. Exactly. Um, it's the time that you spend with it. Exactly. And considering this is only on Switch and PC and has been exclusive on Switch for like mm. over a year, just under a year, um, you know, it's it's sold incredibly well. Do you think it'll come out on uh, other consoles? No. Not like a one-year exclusivity? No. Because I think Nintendo have console exclusivity <clears throat> in this. Okay. Well, they it, help. They help to publish it. Okay, it is a phenomenal game, and handheld as well is great fun. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that was swapping joysticks for this week. Thank you very, very much for watching. Um, stick around because we are going to play some Kiwi. But Ed Nightingale, where can we find? Well, first, actually, let's go and let, us, let everybody know what's happening uh, because this weekend we are going up north. Ed is going to be going to Leeds oh. for the first time. Yes. And uh, I'm looking forward to showing you uh, my old haunts in Leeds. The sights. Yeah, the sights. See if my name's still, uh, you know, ingrained in the toilet walls. I think I've changed my number since then. And uh, yeah, so that's this weekend. But on Saturday morning, the third round of Formula... Is it third round? No, fourth yep. round. We fourth. did fourth yes, round, yes. Right, fourth. The fourth round of Formula Joysticks uh, will be taking place in Spa, Belgium. That will be going up on uh, Saturday morning, so check that out. It is the third. No, because we did I... Miami, Monaco, Britain. Oh, yes. I can't count. We might fourth. have said third on the video. I need to double check that. <laughs> Maybe make a little edit. Um, okay, fourth. There we go. It's the fourth race. So see where we are. At the moment, spoiler alert, Ed has a 14-point lead. Um, so you'll find out on Saturday. There will be a premiere, so go up on YouTube. Probably tomorrow you'll be able to click the notification button and be alerted for when it does go live. Uh, I think Moni was going to set her alarm. So if anybody's in there, you know, watching along, Moni might be in there. And uh, yeah, that will be an interesting uh, time to see because it was mm. a fun race. <laughs> was it? Well, we'll see. It's not. It doesn't go how you'd expect. Mm. Uh, so, um, but yeah, that is on. And then we'll be back next Thursday for some more swapping joysticks. So, Ed, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitch and on Twitter at Ed underscore Knights. And you can find me everywhere at Biggest Benis or on Twitter at Biggest Benis 1. Just go to swappingjoysticks.com and find all of your podcasting things. And this will be the first podcast that will have timestamps. So if you are listening to this and you on the podcast player or on YouTube, you'll be able to see timestamps. There you go. Click on Very that nice. link. Give us a follow. We do love uh, we do love our stats. We were the second, weren't we the second highest viewed or uh, the second most popular video games podcast in Thailand at one point a few weeks ago. Let's keep it up. Yes, come on. Give us a follow. Give us a download where you can and uh, let's see which charts we end up uh, popping up on. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for watching or listening. See you next week. <laughs>